Happy fall, everyone. I'm Michelle Bruckner, and welcome to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast. The interview to which you're about to listen was recorded a while ago. Jimmy the Stage Door Medium. It's October, so everyone thinks, oh, spooky season, etc., etc. But October, the end of October, is supposedly when the veil between this life and this physical world and the spiritual world is the thinnest. So I think it's interesting to reflect on what happens to people after they pass away. I just had this fascinating conversation with my mom. I'm at my parents' house right now visiting. I'm going to put that up in next week's episode. She apparently had some paranormal things happen in this house, which I don't doubt it because this is a house that is multi-generational. My dad's parents owned it before my dad did. So we'll see. I'm also going to ask other people, have they had any experiences, any visitations, any dreams, crazy things. So I'm also going to talk with my good friend Billy, who just had a very spiritual experience in Italy. He went over to Italy and had he went to so many churches and had some communication with this young person who just might be made a saint. So we'll talk about that next week. But this is Jimmy the Stage Door Medium. I hope you enjoy this episode. He's a lovely person, full of light. As the days get shorter, it's starting to get colder. The nights are getting earlier. I just want to say I hope you all find a wonderful candle you can put on a table. I hope you all have food to eat and you can become cozy and warm. And happy fall, everyone. Happy fall. It's going to be a great holiday season. I'm already gearing up. You know me in the holidays. I love the holidays. So I'm here with Jimmy, the stage door medium. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. We have a mutual friend, Nikki Vendetti, who is currently the swing on Broadway and on the tour of Wicked, which she has been for many years. How did you meet Nikki? We met at Main State Music Theater. We performed together and we lived in the same cast house. We just clicked and he's such a wonderful dancer. He really was we were both having such a great summer and just to watch him work he's a beautiful artist Mm -hmm. and I loved I got so inspired by him by just his dedication to dancing and how gorgeous he is how much he loves to move and dance and I feel like what he only matches that with like his kindness I feel like he is one of the kindest I met him two summers ago when he so he he moved to Buffalo Uh, well he grew up here in, in spots and then Chicago and then he um moved back home and then and then wicked needed him to to come restart to restart broadway so he was like i got to go i'm like you got to go you're meant, you know you got to go reopen the, you know broadway that's so cool so no he's a good person I'm, I'm i miss him well hopefully we can all get together soon yes 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 so one thing about what you do i'm fascinated by it did you start hearing things when you were younger how did you get to know your gift sure it's interesting and it, it's so funny like i feel like there's i don't i don't personally call it a gift and and, and it's not that i don't think it's it's i don't think it's a curse either i think it's i think it's an ability that we all have it's just a matter of i always equate it to the likes of like playing the piano i think everyone has the ability to play the piano whether or not they want to practice and take the time to really learn you know is is up to them and you know, not everyone might go on to be a world, con- you know, a concert pianist. It doesn't mean that you can't, you know, you can't appreciate it. And I say the same thing for mediumship. So 
I, it's hard to say, I, I, I wish I had those stories where like people tell you that they were, you know, hearing things at the age of two and seeing people at their bedside. And I didn't, mine is kind of lackluster. And, but I also think it's, it's probably more realistic than, than what you see on TV shows or movies. I don't, I'm very, I'm very dubious as to if anyone has that experience. I just, I just heard somebody and they're like, as a medium, we can never turn it off. And I'm like, that's not true. Like it's so not true. So for me, I seem to know when things were going to happen as I would say around nine or 10, I I would like no details and bits and pieces of, of like, I would know how somebody had passed in the family that I had never met or just weird, not weird, but like, you know, things like that would make you pause and go, Hmm, like I, and then you just, as a kid, you're like, Oh, it's just coincidence. And you go on doing whatever you're doing. And it wasn't until I was in high school. I had suffered from like debilitating anxiety and it was more or less felt like obsessive compulsive disorder where I would start getting like a million questions up in my head and and feelings on my body. And I'm like, why do I feel like, you know, now I know what it means and now I know how to control it, but it really spooked me. And I remember going to the doctor for it. It wasn't until I'd, I had seen a medium in, in college and the medium was like, I sat down with her and she's like, you suffer from like debilitating anxiety. And I'm like, what a way to like start a reading. I'm like, uh, yes, I, I do though. And, and she was like, you know, it's because you're supposed to be doing this as a medium. And I'm like, I thought it was kind of like the exit through the gift shop type of pitch where I'm like, oh, well, you know, but for like $4,000, we can train you. And I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. And um, another medium told me the exact same thing, like anxiety, you're supposed to be doing this and that's why you're feeling anxious. So I, I, I trained about just about 10 years ago uh, officially and and have been practicing ever since, but that's my story of, of how I came to, I guess, be a medium, but it wasn't as big and, and Hollywood-esque as, you know, as they want you to think it is. What is your favorite thing about this? I, oh gosh, just helping people. And I know that, that it, it, it's the best it is, it is the only reason we do it. And it's the, the most beautiful, like it too, you know, there's, there's times as the medium, like right, you know, before you hop on a call, you're like, I think I'm going crazy with what I'm being shown. And I'm just going to take that leap of faith and, and say what I'm getting and to see that client's face change and them go like, that's exactly who I was praying would come through today. Or like, I needed to hear this today to find it. It's a real honor to be able to do that. And it's also, I think expanded like my, I don't know. I think the best way I can word it is like, I, the way I see the world now as a practicing medium is so different than before I was practicing. Like, I think I, I would like to think I have a, a better sense of the big picture now. And if something doesn't go my way, I can go, okay, like what is this rather than going, why is this happening? happening to me. Now, the big thing I, I ask myself is what am I trying, what is this trying to teach me right now? And I, I, it's just a, it's just been a really beautiful reorient, you know, reorient or reshift of, of the brain, so to speak, and, and the way I see things. And so I know that wasn't one that was two, but those would be my two for sure. That's great. Is there something that you really get annoyed with about it? Is there something that you wish you're like, well, it comes with the territory, but I wish. Mm, that's good. I feel like no one's ever asked me that before. Like, It's such a good question. And yeah, there's there's a few. I, I, I feel like the, I don't want to say it's annoying. There, there is one that annoys me that I, that I guess I'll share. But I think the one thing that people don't understand is like how much this work takes out of you. I can only do... I shouldn't say I can. I can probably do three to four. I choose to do two each time I do each each day that I read because it's 
I found that like the, the more I've developed as a medium, I, I do think that I'm able to give some more nuanced pieces of information, but that drains you. It comes at a cost. And I, I think that would be the first thing. Like people really don't understand that you kind of have to live like a nun the night before and the day of. Like if if I have a reading at 10 a.m., like I'm in bed by like 10. I am up usually about two and a half to three hours before the reading to start meditating, doing my prep work, you know, drinking a lot of water. It, it could be something so simple as like eating some bananas. It, it's a weird thing. Bananas help to like get energy back into the body. Um, it, I, that would be the, the, I don't want to call it. I mean, I, you can't, it's not like I, I can have a glass of wine or, you know, you really have to keep that body clean. I feel like you get it as a dancer. It's the exact, you know, it's the exact same way. You know, you really have to live you know, in a, in a different way as an artist, you know, I think the, the thing that would annoy me is I don't mind skepticism at all. I think it's healthy. I encourage it. And I always tell clients like you, you shouldn't come in volunteering information. You shouldn't come in you know, going, I'd like to speak with my mom today or my brother. Like, please let me do that. Like, let me do the, you know, let me, let me work with, with, with your loved ones rather than you telling me. Cause I don't want somebody to leave there going, oh, it didn't seem that good because I told them that going in. But I will say, I think sometimes when you have some of the skeptics, I always say you can be skeptical, just don't be rude. And I think that's that would be my biggest pet peeve is there's times, and it's not often, I'm like pretty fortunate that that the folks that come to see me for readings are like really sweet and kind and but every so often you'll get somebody that will come in like this and it's like it's like they're like impress me and they're like what number am i thinking or what color socks was i wearing when my my dad died i'm like that's like mentally like that's not that's not what we do as mediums so i think or they'll tell you at the end they're like well you got like 8 out of 10 things right and and you're like oh, okay and you're like and to me i'm like that's that's great you know i i and i feel like it's You'll you'll have folks that I think it's human. We want to quantify a very qualitative experience, and um, it took me a while. I grappled with that for years of going like, oh my gosh, I got like ninety eight percent of things right during this reading, and that two percent, I would go home like beating myself up over it. And I'm like, because you don't see that on television, you don't see the edit effect. Do you know what I mean? You don't see. Teresa Caputo getting something wrong or Tyler Henry getting something wrong. We all do, you know, it's not a performance. And I I think now the older I get and the more I develop as a medium, it's more exciting to go, okay, I struggled with this moment there, but I I figured it out. Do you know what I mean? Like we're, we're all, we're all growing. We're all. And I think the more and more I lean into that, it's a great reminder of of why we do what we do. And, but yeah, that would, those would be my two. I'm sorry. I'm like going on and on. No, I love this. This fascinates me because I've always wanted to know just how different people were. I told you when, when we had our reading, I told you my nail salon story, how I was sitting, I had been going to the same nail salon for years and always had the same person do my nails. And one day, I was sitting there and I kept hearing the word birthday over and over. And I saw the icon for a birthday cake. Like, you know, when you text somebody the birthday cake and in my head while I was getting my nails done, birthday, 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 like 10,000 times. So finally I looked up and I said, is it somebody's birthday? And the owners of the salon were um, hovering over us, like cleaning and picking things up. And they exchanged a look. And the young woman who used to do my nails said very quietly, it was my birthday yesterday. And I felt like, oh, 
something just happened there because it wouldn't stop until I said something. And when you you said it, like I was talking earlier about the look, like in the it's the oh my goodness, it's like I call it's like a shift, you know, when something is acknowledged that somebody you know was not expecting. And was there more? Like after you mentioned birthday, did you get anything else, or did they mention who they I thought felt? I personally felt like it was this person's grandmother telling me to to say something. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't say that because I I didn't want to cause a stir in the nail salon and sure. it's a place actually the place has since closed the last couple of years unfortunately but it was always a kind of place that wasn't loud it was a very quiet place so I kind of felt as if I had said I think your grandmother's talking to me I think that would not have gone over well so I just kind of left it at the birthday question that's like the number one thing that I was taught when I trained is that if you have a message for somebody like a you always like you know ask for 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 their permission if you're like hey like yours yours is different because obviously you weren't like I think I have your grandmother it, it was just a very you know innocuous question but I know I, that was one thing that I was taught because when you see it on TV shows they're going into like delis and they're stopping like deli workers and they're like did you lose the mother and like people are crying and I'm like this is a very invasive thing to be doing to someone in 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 a very public forum so when I yeah when I train they always said you know the best way to do it is hey I, I'm, I'm not sure what your comfort level is with with mediumship or messages from loved ones I do have a message it's 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 only positive do I have your permission to share it with you but I mean even even now like even at, at the salon I go to it's I just you know sometimes I'll, I'll pull my stylist aside after and I'll ask for something but I, I never want to do it publicly and and you know it's it's different than somebody coming for a reading where where you're one-on-one I mean I you you don't know what can of worms you could be opening up by delivering a message and so no I, I'm right there with you and someone who's in the middle of a work day when I'm at work I am I'm in a different energy zone than when I'm at home and when definitely when I got ready to do the reading with you I put myself into a particular headspace and was ready to receive all that information so I totally I try to respect people's boundaries in terms of they're at work they're not gonna open their soul up yeah right, I know. right away I mean full-time full-time I teach and so it it's, it's interesting. Like there are days where like office, you know, coworkers will come down and they'll say something to me. And, you know, recently this was going off and on the left side of my head and, you know, it's, which for me means like tragic passing, which means somebody that would have passed from impact to the head or, or self-harm or, or, or something like that. And, um, you know, she, she does know about me and my, my coworker and she's very receptive to it. And she's like, can I ask, are you, are you okay? And I'm like, good, like totally good. And then later on, I pulled her aside. I'm like, I'm not sure if you're comfortable with this, but like, do you connect with this female that, that passed from, from head, head trauma? And she had said, she said that one of her best friends had passed away a couple of weeks before and it slipped on ice and hit the head and, and put her in the hospital. My goodness. So, but you said it best. You're, you kind of go into a work mode. Like this is a work mode for like doing a reading is a very different work mode than my teaching mode. And it's, but I will say I'm grateful for teaching because I feel like I go into readings with a greater sensitivity because of my job it, from nine to you know eight to three, so to speak. Like there's, 
especially in 2022, you have to be so careful with the way you word things to students and being sensitive to their issues. And I remember back in the day, if I had like, if somebody had was like, Hey, I have to turn in a paper late, you know, the the teacher was like, no, you're not like you're failing this or I don't care what your excuse is. And now, you know, I luckily, I I think there's more of a greater sensitivity to students' home lives and, and what could be going on there. And it's just, I'm grateful. I'm able to take that with me into my my work as a medium after school and go, you don't know what this person is coming in with, you know, what what type of pain or emotional issues that they're, they're do, you know, dealing with from their loss. So to, you know, to tread lightly and be sensitive. And I have a big question for you. It's a two-parter. So the first part is a lot of souls departed in the pandemic all, all kind of at once, right? So I my question is, I wonder where everyone is. Are they just hovering somewhere like, okay, what do we do now? Or did they immediately go like, quote unquote, to heaven? And my my other question is, with what's going on in Ukraine and other places in the world, how can we set our energy and send the good part of our energy field over to people in need? I'm going to take my time with this. That's beautiful. The first one, I think the first part of the question about, you know, what happened during the pandemic and, and where are they? They've they've crossed over. I I am I'm very much somebody as a medium that I do not believe in stuck souls or earthbound spirits that that wander around. I think that's something that they want you to believe on, on ghost hunting TV shows because it sells. You know, it's it's what we see in movies. It's what we see in and again, it's 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 never it's never like that. So while they've they've crossed over, I've also am a firm believer though that when we cross in a past, excuse me, in a traumatic fashion or in a way where we don't have a lot of time to prepare. We will find hobbies on the other side to help us transition. Like I had read somebody a couple of days ago, and it, it it broke my heart. She had she had booked a reading. She had booked a reading like a while out, and then I, I had met with her, and I was like, I feel like I can't catch my breath right now. I'm like, whenever I, this, I feel this way. It means like somebody has just passed, and and so my brain is, I think, logically going to. I wonder if this person passed, and then they booked the reading. Oh no, they had booked the reading. And then their mom had passed away three days before I saw her. And uh, it was the mom started talking about, she's like, please let her know I'm okay. And she started gardening and she's like, please tell her this is one of the ways that I am going to acclimate to the other side is through a hobby. And I'm like, how do you understand the gardening? I'm like, because I don't, I don't think she did this when she was here until late. And she was like, that's absolutely correct. She's like, my mom didn't know how to garden until like the later years of her life. And then she was really into it and she helped me with mine. So they'll find hobbies. Children that pass traumatically will usually help other children cross over. Sometimes we help animals cross over. So in terms of the COVID passings, that would be, you know, the best answer I can give. They've all crossed, but, you know, based on, based on the nature of, uh, of it, you know, they might be doing some extra TLC type of things to acclimate. And then for the Ukraine, oh gosh, I mean, I'm, it's funny years ago, I know I got to be careful with how I word it, but sometimes I get annoyed when I would, I used to get annoyed when I would just see those comments of like, you know, prayers for this country or prayers for this country. And I'm also like, okay, but what about advocacy or, or, or what can we do? Like recently I was reading that there's a zoo in the Ukraine. And like, I started crying reading this article, like the zoo workers are coming in every day to take care of the animals because the animals are so traumatized from, you know, explosion blasts and noise that are going on 
around and, and these workers are, are are like heroic. You know, they're they're going in to take care of them. And I, I had read that you could purchase just admission to the zoo as a way of like helping to ensure that the workers have wages that they can live off of and that the animals continue to get help. But I so from there, it wasn't until like recently when I was like, oh gosh, like I think I understand now when people are like prayers for Ukraine or prayers for this country, like when we don't know what else to do, we can just send a light up. And because I do believe in the power of, of prayer fully. And so for me, when I meditate, that's my time where I can send prayer and, and send light out to, I think, who needs it. Sometimes it might be for a, me, a specific friend or family member of mine. And I like visualize myself across from them. And then I visualize a little ball of light that starts in like my tummy heart area and it just grows and it grows outside of my body. And then I, I get it to go over to where they are. It continues to grow. And I, I also meditate and in how it feels too. So I try to feel warmth and then I go, I'm going to send this to you because I think you might need it today. And so we can do the same. You know, we can, we can look at a photo of something happening in the Ukraine. We can just look at the flag, you know, as long as we have, a, you know, something to stand for what we're trying to do. I think that, I think that serves its purpose. And that's such a great question. Thank you. When I'm around my niece and nephew, they're very young. That feeling that you describe of the light in your heart area, I feel that automatically. And I read somewhere that when you are feeling that kind of love, your body, your photons or whatever. I'm not a scientist, just the show. Me neither. <laughs> but <laughs> but you you actually emit light. The energy is it's real. It's you can you can change your physical the energy that you produce you can change that just the feeling of love is so much more filled with light than any other kind of feeling. I tingle when I when I meditate. And it's when I first started, there's like, and there's so many different types of meditation you can do. But when, when I wanted to develop more as a medium, I kept hearing about like, I, well, I was trying to do the, the meditations where you can hear water or there's like the British man. He's like, visualize the white light. And I'm like, this isn't working for me. I'm like, I started like picking the meditation apart. And it wasn't until somebody told me they're like, I think you're doing it wrong you really should be meditating with something called like sitting in the power, which is just a meditation with no music. There's, I mean, until you, you can hear some, a guided one, someone will walk you through how to do it, but there's, there's no music. There's no, it's just basically silence and you're growing that light. And then you merge that light with what we call source energy or God energy, and you kind of merge it. And, and then we kind of go, I'm open to whatever beautiful messages you want to share with me. And when I was doing it, it took me a while, but when I started doing it correctly, I was like, I feel all tingly and I feel like I'm walking through like cobwebs. And it wasn't until probably about a year ago, I had watched this video with a practicing medium in the UK. And he talked about how one of the most common signs of like sitting in the power correctly is the feeling that like we're going through cobwebs. And I'm like, that's wild. I'm like, that's exactly how it feels on my body. So it's neat to, you know, if it's not just me to have other people talk about, that's what it feels like. I, I wouldn't doubt you that, that, that it feels that way when, when we're around, you know, the presence of loved ones and we can feel that energy. How would you tell someone or advise someone if they want to develop their own source energy or their relationship with source energy? 
because I think that I think as a performing artist that I feel that connection there are certain times on stage when you're in the zone and you have this energy that yes you physically train and yes you you work on your voice and your physicality and all that but then something else happens and I think you get connected to that everlasting source gosh you said it best yeah I I always say it's like I always say with mediumship the way it works is like I believe like my little piece of God energy is tapping into your little piece of God energy and your grandmother's piece of God energy that's on the other side like we're all radioing we're all on the same radio channel where sometimes you know I it's you know when you described a, a Broadway show or performance there's times where I'm like these folks are not on the same radio channel today like Alphaba's on channel one and so and so is on eight and so and you can feel that and I think there's a real magic and power when you're like oh my gosh they're all functioning as one so I think with mediumship it's also interesting because I feel like with the pandemic, so many people have started wanting to learn more about their spirituality and how to deepen it because like, we were housebound for a while. We, we, we couldn't go out. We had these big questions. We were losing loved ones. And I, I think this the question came like, what do I do with my time? These these anxious thoughts I have and, and how do I, I think, tap into something bigger to, to bring myself peace. And so for me, I would say, number one, stay off of YouTube. I, I feel like while it's very tempting and there's some credible things out there. A lot of them are not credible. You know, you also don't know the ethics of the person that is, you know, teaching it or running it on YouTube. And so I always say, like, first and foremost, like, look, you know, look into are there are there any online courses? You know, where, when I had trained, I, I had trained in a really cool actually. There, it's a spiritualist community called Lilydale, which is near Fredonia College, like Casadega Lake, and it's it's crazy. It's like a Disney World of like psychic mediums, and it's open from spring until October. And you basically park and then there's four little streets and then you, whatever medium has availability, you can go sit on the porch and they'll do a reading for you. But I trained there and I think the, the I know it was a long story, but I, the reason I say that is like, you really need to be in front of a person, you know, in, in front of somebody that can help guide you and instruct you. And I think the most important thing that they're going to teach you is like the ethics of mediumship, rem- the reminder that you're in control the entire time is the medium. Like, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but like spirit, spirit is not like we're the, like we're signing up to do this work. And, and while yes, they're meeting us and they're giving up their energy so beautifully. Like I always say, like, if you meet a, you know, if there's something that makes you uncomfortable during a reading, or if there's like a, a grumpy soul, like you can go, okay, I'm done. And I, I think that was the best thing I could have learned from the get go is you're in charge as the medium. You have to set your intentions. And I think the other thing is just like the, the P's and Q's, like the etiquettes, how to talk to people, how to bring up something that might be a little hairy and maybe sad without doing it in a way you really walk like a tightrope. I, I call it like the, the tightrope actor in a reading because you're not only, you know, trying to represent yourself well as the medium, but you're also working with like the client in front of you and being very careful so that way you don't offend them or say something to invalidate the experience for them. But you also have the energy of your loved ones that are there. And you're like, I want to word, you know, I want to relay your messages as close as I can to what you're saying. I don't want to just loosely paraphrase you. And so it's this narrow tightrope. So I would say, start with, you know, looking online, is there a training that you can do in person? Or if not, can you do a Zoom one? And most, and I'm so sorry, it's a long answer but ask how many people are enrolled in the course or are admitted. If they are telling you over 10 or 15, 
don't sign up for it. I mean, you really need some one-on-one TLC during these trainings so that way you can know what you're doing you know, is, is correct. And I would say the other thing is, you know, start to look into crystals, start to look into some, you know, some tools. Like I, I have a couple next to me right now. Like I, I have one for clarity, just as just as a means of so that I don't ramble during during my readings or or, or during podcast interviews. I have one for self-love. So look into crystals, look into, and then finally, and then from there, find a beautiful support circle, or at least even if it's just one or two people that are also like-minded and want to practice reading where you don't know too much about their family history. So you can say, hey, do you mind if I practice reading on you and you can practice reading on me? It's all about intention. And if, if we're trying to do something for the right reasons and putting good out there and, and developing our ability, I always say, well, you, you can't go wrong if the intention is good. I really enjoyed the meditation that you did at the start of our reading where you said, I'm only calling the highest of energies and the, the best intended ones and only people, only spirits that want to come through for the for the highest good. I really enjoyed that you it, it's not a disclaimer, but it's it's like um hey, everything that's out there, we want the positive, we want the good, the white light to come. Yeah, it's so important to me that that we do that. I, I see a lot of mediums sometimes that don't start with a prayer. And do you have to? No. Should you, in my opinion, yes. Like you should be putting, you know, gr- gratitude out there first and foremost. Like I I think for me the other reason I do the prayer is like, even if it's, it's, even if the client's not a person of prayer, I'm just taking a moment to express gratitude for what I'm about to do. And so that it never becomes pedestrian to me. Like I never want this to feel like a chore to channel someone's loved ones or a chore to help someone. So for me, it's just a little reminder where it's like a pinch me moment of like, oh my gosh, like we get to, we get to do this together for the next 45 minutes. And I, I always say like, we, we get what we put out there. And I tell people before they come into the reading, pray to your loved ones. Who do you want to come through? What do you want them to talk about? And by doing the same thing with the prayer, I, I think personally that we kind of like supercharge that magnet, so to speak, for, for what we're looking for. That's great. How do people find you for a reading? Do they find you on your website or word of mouth? Like I met you through Nikki. I just was so intrigued. So are you are you so busy with people or are you always open to someone asking you to possibly do a reading? Sure. Um, I think that now it's a bit of a mix. It's I would say it's sometimes website or, or social media. Other times it's it's funny, like my dad growing up, my dad is an artist and my dad always told me, he's like, you know, never underestimate the power of word of mouth. And he was like, you, I remember he said something like you can have the best website, the best X, Y, and Z, but if no one as a person can vouch for you and the type of person you are and the work you do, like it's not going to go anywhere. So for mediumship, it's really word of mouth. I feel like no matter who, until you start getting into the big leagues, then it's you know, then then it's obviously then it's like Tyler Henry. You're like, oh, I saw him on Netflix. And but I would I would say for the Broadway community though, I'm just you know, I guess to piggyback off of the stage show part. No, but no, then again, that's word of mouth too. Though it was fascinating because when I started the podcast, let's say I read 
or like Broadway person, I don't know, Broadway person A, they hopefully have a great experience and they tell their loved ones and their family and friends, but their family and friends live in like Wisconsin or something like this. So it was wild in the best way possible to kind of see like, oh my goodness, like your name has kind of gone from just Buffalo and Western New York to like around the country and or like other parts of the world. Like because I had read somebody who was born and raised in Australia, like there were readings that were done in Australia. And like it, it, it was, you know, it, it's been wild in the most beautiful way to kind of see how it's it's branched out. But end of the day, word of mouth, I, I say is always going to be the most effective a, a way of, of what's special about reading people from the Broadway community. Oh goodness. I think I think personally, actors have this beautiful ability. It's funny. I, it's a it's a rarity that well, I know we talked about skepticism, and it's a rarity that I see a Broadway actor or an or an actor in general that comes in skeptical or like that impress me. I, I think they get it. I, I think they know what it feels like to go into a room and be vulnerable and to open their heart to an experience. And as part of their job nightly, it's okay. I know this might not make sense, but I'm going to suspend my disbelief and, and go on this journey for the next couple hours. And I feel like the actors come in with such like open hearts during our readings that I, I always say some of the most beautiful messages have come through for actors because they just come in already ready of like, I'm ready to receive like all the, all the good things that are coming for me. And I'd be so honored if you'd share it. And I, I think that would be, gosh, I think that's got to be the number one joy of, of getting to work with them. Well, that's awesome. I know everyone just loves hearing their the messages that you facilitate and bring. And the last, I would say, two years, there's been a lot of readings that you've done with all the Broadway community. And you ha- you do have a podcast, right? What is the title of your podcast? Just so people could listen in. Sure. It's called Stage Door Medium. Stage Door Medium. I love that title. And I can't wait to catch up on the episodes too. How do you juggle it all? How do you juggle working <laughs> and having a regular social life and family time? I think that's it. I, th- I think family time. I we we my husband and I, we have these two incredible puppies that by puppies, I mean they're they're not puppies anymore, but we still call them, you know, they're they're our babies right now. And I th- I think family is so important to me and and us and um also having other hobbies and I, you know, finding ways to unplug from teaching, to unplug from mediumship. Like before I hopped on the call with you, I was playing the piano for a little bit and watching like the 10 commandments. And I was just like, okay, like just mindless. I'm just like zoning out today or it's taking the dogs for a walk. Nothing. (laughs) I always say nothing grounds you more and snaps you out of a pity party than like picking up dog poop on a walk. You're like, you you cannot, (laughs) you know, you can't feel sorry. Like if you're having a bad day and you're like, oh, this didn't go well, or this didn't well, the dog's smacking the door and like, hey, I need to go for a walk and you're going to pick up poop in about 10 minutes. It's just a really grounding way of unplugging from from any of our types of work and stressors. So, (laughs) Well, I'm so grateful that you took the time with us tonight. And as we're recording this, it's in the evening. So I'm so thrilled. I hope we can talk again soon. And thank you. Thank Thank you. you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. The Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. 
Find me on Instagram, showgirl tip of day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Show.